to. I wouldn't trust either of them an inch. Thank you, Marlowe said. You're welcome, the actor said with a very theatrical bow. Come back soon and write me something good to say. I'm tired of Ned's old rubbish, to be frank. I hope I'll be back soon with Dido, Queen of Carthage, Marlowe said. No, the actor muttered as he turned his back. That's not it. Marlowe turned his back on the ragbag crew and walked past the wagon where Strange was still giving Sled a piece of his mind. Overheads apparently needed to be cut and some of the troop were being let go. Ham was mentioned. Marlowe wanted to be a playwright. He didn't want to have anything to do with actors. What would be the point of that? He quickened his pace out onto the lane and looked hopefully back and forth in case Thomas was hurrying towards him, a manuscript in his hand. Marlowe realised he wouldn't mind if he were to be mud-stained in the wrong order or even mildly singed at the edges, just as long as it was back. He had been a fool to let Sled have it for even a minute. But look though he might, there was no sign of Thomas, and he turned to the right and trudged off down the lane. For a moment he toyed with fetching his horse, but hoped that wouldn't be necessary. How far could the man have gone in the short while since he had first been missed? As he walked, his thoughts seemed to get into step with his feet, and the desolate boom of the old tragedian's voice seemed to become the voice in his head. This was no job for an intelligent young man, it seemed to say. Get yourself back off to Cambridge where you belong. Finish your degree. Get a good job in the college. Marry a nice girl while the college rules let you settle down. Stop this stupid nonsense about going to London. And above all, put all thoughts of Francis Walsingham out of your head. These kinds of things aren't for the likes of you, a humble lad from Canterbury, a potboy at the star whose dad makes other people's boots. Stick with what you know. Hold on a minute, another voice chimed in. He recognised it as that of John D., Magus to the Queen, and in one grey and dusty package at once the wisest and the most frightening person he'd ever met, and just now the saddest, still mourning his beautiful wife. Don't listen to this idiot, Dee's voice said. Find your play if it is to be found. If you can't find it, write another. Write one with my Helene in it, but don't let that spotty boy play her. He'll not be playing women much longer anyway, the Magus said. He'll be playing with them soon, and then where will his pretty trouble be? Follow your stars, Kit Marlowe, and don't let anyone stop you. You are fire and air. Ah, the tragedian was limbering up in his other ear. Don't let that... Ow! Master Marlowe, look where you're going! Marlowe and his voices were suddenly struck in the chest by an immovable object, and before he could refocus his eyes he was flat on his back. Thomas was looking anxiously down at him. "'Are you all right, Master Marlowe?' the lad asked. "'You were... why, you were talking to yourself in all kinds of different voices. Until I came round the corner, I was expecting a crowd. Indeed I was!' He reached down and helped Marlowe up. "'Sorry, Thomas, I was just thinking aloud. As one does, you know.' "'As you do, perhaps,' Thomas said. "'I would soon be in trouble if I started doing that kind of thing. "'People where we go are only too pleased "'if they can put us away on some trumped-up charge. "'Talking in tongues, they'd call that. "'Have us in chains as soon as look at us. "'Witchcraft, some would say.'
Thomas, Marlowe was making conversation without thinking of what he was saying. So busy was he looking round behind the boy for the manuscript he was surely hiding behind his back. Thomas, these are modern times. I'm sure no one would put you in chains for talking to yourself. Huh. Thomas turned his eyes to heaven. Master Marlowe, you live in Cambridge, where everyone's enlightened. Me, I live on the road and by my wits. When my voice goes, I'm finished here. I can't act at all. I just look good in a dress and can carry off a straw wig. Modern times mean nothing to folk who live in them. It's only men like you who can manage modern times. Men like me, who live through modern times in a place which takes no notice of them as they pass. The rest of us they chew and spit out as they please. But I want to join you, Thomas. I want to be one of the players. If you say so, Master Marlowe, Thomas said with the air of one who seldom wins.